Hello and welcome to this episode 19 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and this week I met up with Eddie from Water Magazine. Now this is one of those magazines that drills deep down into a niche and actually a niche that I would not otherwise have said could exist because Water Magazine is all about water. Um, in its many different forms so from like the sea to snow to fog to literally a glass of water and it's a photo driven magazine I was looking back through the stack podcast and realized that we haven't actually done a photo driven magazine um, on here before I guess probably partly because um, you can't look at photos in a podcast so i probably be more likely to cover a mag like that in a video or, or like a visual post um, but actually speaking to Eddie we very quickly like moved away from talking about photography and started talking about the intricacies of making a magazine and I mean as with everybody Eddie is basically making it up as he goes along like writing his own rules and finding his own way of doing things and I always just find it totally fascinating speaking to someone who is going through the process of doing this. It was particularly interesting so he is from uh, Lithuania, he's based in London but he's from Lithuania and had just assumed that he should be printing his magazine in London. Uh, events kind of conspired and he ended up looking to Lithuania for printing. And the cost, the, the cost saving he managed to get from doing that has really enabled the project to be what it is. And I just think it's such a, a valuable lesson to not just do the things that you understand you're supposed to do when you're making one of these magazines. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this very open and honest conversation with Eddie about Water magazine. Alright, so I am here this afternoon with Eddie from Water. Eddie, welcome. Nice, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, you have made a pretty fascinating magazine about water. Yes, I did. <laughs> and so I guess the natural question is, why water? Right. Um, water, first of all, because it's, it's simply water. It's, you know, that's, that's what keeps us alive. Um, but it does have a, some sort of a personal connection to it, um, simply because throughout, you know, from early days in the childhood, I was always not in a way necessarily obsessed with it, but really drawn to it. Um, and it's something that just always felt like a strong pull towards. Um, it was always in the back of my head, um, and I wasn't I wasn't living near a seaside or nothing like that. I just had a, some sort of like a really strong connection to it, and it just grew over time. Um, and now it turned into something that actually celebrates it um, and shares other people's kind of a connected um, feeling towards it as well at the same time. So, for anyone who hasn't seen the magazine, yes. other than saying it's about water, yes. Tell us a bit about what this magazine is. So it is um, a biannual print publication um, celebrating the beauty and complexity of water, uh, sharing stories, mainly exploring our personal connection and relationship with it, whether it's literal or conceptual. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, beautiful seasides and seascapes and landscapes. There's more to it in terms of actually exploring and digging deeper to studies about you know, that explore one's connection, like I said, a relationship with it. So it does get more complicated once you get more into it. Um, but it's simply something that you really do need to pick up in your hands and kind of 
just to see for what it is because it is if you tell to someone that's amazing about water it is it can come across a bit blase but once you once you have it in your hands and you're kind of flipping through it you actually get that feeling of it that's what i heard from others as well and you've got all sorts of different types of water in here so yep. you've got seasides as you've yes. mentioned Correct. you've got lots of snow yes i guess it's winter time so snow is a form of water yes i mean that, that's the thing it's like there's there's so much to it that it's once you think if you just say to someone you know to start talking about water it, it comes across literally and you start thinking about the physicality of it you know a glass of water whether it's a seaside or an ocean but that's when it gets much more complicated something like a fog is obviously also water um anything that's got to do simply something small with it even something that's as far out there as making a coffee involves water as well we don't have any stories like that yet but i don't know um, <laughs> well there so are some still lives of uh, is that, that water in a cup i think yes exactly that? so yeah. for example there's um yeah there's a story about uh you know a kind of a design company that focuses on a different design object every time they bring out a new um design and simple as that that was uh, the most recent collection was about glassware um, and they focus on unique uh, kind of like often overlooked designs um, and the elements within your house and what you know what they're doing that particular collection was about glassware that involved you know still photography of water featuring within the glassware and that is just simply something that's also a part of it as well so there's some sort of connection it's not necessarily so literal the article is not about water it's about um, their products and their you know the design the, the way they work and but it simply still has something to do with it and this magazine, I'd say, is very driven by its photography. It is. It is strongly driven by, by its visuals, and it doesn't necessarily, I wouldn't say it relies on it, but it does. It allows the visuals to lead uh, to lead you throughout the publication. So there's not the design of it is not too complicated. It's not too much in your face, and there's um, it is kind of stripped back. But the visuals kind of allow you to really dip, kind of just lose yourself in it, and like it's just be driven throughout, and just it's just something that follows through throughout the whole publication. And is this related to your background? Are you a photographer? I'm a print and digital designer. Um, so photography is something I do on the side. It's not necessarily my profession, but um, it's just something I love a lot as well. Um, but mainly I focus, yeah, I work within design, um, mainly on my free time. Because so I was looking for your name in the front and I couldn't see you as a, a contributor. So how, how do you go out and actually... I mean, because again, this is a slightly strange thing to be going and saying to someone like, hey, I make a mag about water. Yeah. Do you want to be a part of it? There, do you get people submitting to you? Are you going out and finding people? Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, a, it's a bit of both in a way, where from the very beginning, when I you know, started kind of introducing it to people over social media and just, you know, word of mouth, um, it was people getting in touch with it and kind of just sharing their stories and just simply asking and starting the conversation just to just to start talking about it. Um, half of that was me reaching out to people, to the ones that I feel like, obviously I personally admire and people's, you know, whose stories I personally like and feel like they relate to what we're doing. Um, but like I said, it's 50-50 in a way where it's not, and it gets even more um, to the side of people reaching out to me now for the second volume. There was, I barely really reached out to any people because there's so many uh, more reaching out to me from the first one just kind of following through and actually being so interested which was it was a nice surprise for me as well because I didn't really expect it for it to grow so quick and um, just gain so much natural and honest interest from people and being kind of like okay this is I really want to share this with you and just whether it you know it goes into the magazine or not it's just something that I wanted to get off my chest in a way and just to talk to someone about it um, so yeah it's just it's, it's kind of a natural flow it doesn't have that typical structure of a 
necessarily like an editorial kind of print magazine. Um, it doesn't, the first thing that you're probably going to notice as soon as you open it, it doesn't have an editor's letter, which is like you said, you don't see my name in the, in the contributors list as well. So that's also the sort of thing where I kind of pull myself away from it. So I do curate it and, you know, design it, but I'm not at the forefront of it. Um, just as, you know, as involved as everyone else and getting as much as kind of importance as all the contributors. So you, you mentioned that, so there's no editor's letter. No, exactly. But you are, basically you're doing the thing that I always tell people not to do. Yeah. So you are the editor and the art director. Yes, like exactly. Your <laughs> singular vision driving this Exactly what you told me yeah, not to do to, to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like fighting your, fighting your rules and like the natural kind of system obviously of, of a, kind of like a print publication. But that's also why I didn't necessarily um, you know, it, fall, it falls within the same category as independent magazines, but there's a reason why I call it a journal as well, so not a magazine, or often just refer to it as a publication, just to, it's not like a pompous kind of title of it, uh, it's just simply to kind of, just to also direct it to, to show people that it's not a typical kind of magazine. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it just, it doesn't necessarily follow the same structure of it. So that's also partially why. It's interesting hearing you talking about that transition from the first issue to the second. So the first issue, you're working on something that's completely in your head. Nobody else has seen it or is really that interested in it, maybe apart from the people you live with or something. For the second issue, all of a sudden people know what this thing is. Yeah. And I think people often worry about, am I gonna have enough ideas to do a second issue? Whereas actually what you often find is, you've got loads of people coming to you with suggestions and ideas and stuff. and is that something that you see changing the magazine as you go from this like singular vision that you mm-hmm. have? So obviously in the in the beginning it was very much you know it was it was, it was harder in a way because you say you can never you know you don't know what to expect you don't know how people are going to react to it um, how people are going to help to shape the you know the the idea of the magazine itself because um, a lot of the times fifty percent of that is what I put out there and what our contributors kind of put together. But the other 50 is about what people, you know, get back to you with and the way they read it, the way they share it or they share their thoughts with everyone else. Um, and because maybe because it was such a strong vision from the very beginning that it helped to kind of carry that through onto the second one and people did kind of pick up on it. Um, and it wasn't necessarily so much harder to kind of advance onto the next one, but it was obviously more that, uh, complicated in terms of having the more diverse content possibly and something that's not obviously the same as before because like I said it is quite niche in a way so you don't it's easy to come across the same and kind of make it look like it's got the same sort of, sort of stories in the second one because um, it's not so diverse it doesn't have that much of a range in, I guess so it's about finding the right ones and that specific ones that kind of show you something else like because there's obviously there's a lot of people going to be asking like what, what else is to it what else can you show us and give us to read and what if someone were to take a step up from that and say i love what you're doing with this love the vision for it can i edit it for you mm. how would you feel about so then not being the one person at the top of the tree yeah. but actually sharing the the vision with somebody I'm, I mean, I'm more than happy and open to it, to be honest. Um, we did um, have a few people involved just um, in terms of like, not a typical structure of interning, but just a few people coming in for, who are just simply interested and reached out to me and kind of wanted to be a part of the process. Um, and they helped to kind of just, you know, share some ideas, generate some possibly a new structure for the, for the following issues. And 
Um, so like I said, I'm more, more than open to kind of collaborating with people and it's actually the contributors that worked before that now carried on to the second one. They're the ones that uh, kind of became part of the family and they're, a few of them are actually really interested to carry on that collaboration and working together and getting even more involved within in terms of like a teamwork um, situation. So, so it's about that sort of like a building like a family that it's and it's, it's, it's really nice just to see how everyone kind of gets along and from all these different parts of the world everyone started connecting with each other and you know getting to know each other so that's that's the nice part of it so it sounds like you've had conversations along these lines so what's the plan like where do you want to go with this thing mm. um the goal is for it to expand into the area of the features actually being um more conceptual in a way that um as an introductory point it was it was good for us like i said to have a strong point of view and to actually get across stories that are possibly quite um not necessarily so literal but something that clearly shows the idea and what it is and gives you the right type of mood and atmosphere of the magazine but our goal is to, is to expand further out into exploring some you know different areas that don't necessarily relate to the theme so literally um, so something that is more abstract and um, slightly more diverse in a way so it's, it's yeah like I said just expansion of it is not um, extreme but slowly over time with each issue so in the second one you also you can um, there's a few stories, like I said, that don't necessarily follow the same sort of um, relation to the literal theme of, of water. So, so it's a steady progress yes. of, of building and growing. But where did you begin from with all this? So, mm. were, I mean, were you a student when you made the first one, or kind of like, what what role did the mag serve for you when you yeah. made it? Um, the when I didn't make it, I was just coming out of my university at the time, um, and it. It, it wasn't born from that, but it was there was in 2015 the whole year was kind of like the um, the the making process of um, you know the thinking process behind it. Because I said it's something that was in the back of my head throughout you know for for a very long, for a very long time in terms of water. Print is something that I developed the love for in the last over the last five years, um, and over 2015 I kind of really fell for it and was always I was working a lot with other magazines and behind the scenes of it, so designing others and kind of working as an art director. And I always wanted to be also a part of the conversation, so not necessarily aside from it. Um, and that was, I wasn't like, I wouldn't say that was my way into it, but that was, I just put simply two of my loves together and it was, it kind of just naturally was born. I was, I was just so determined of actually bringing it out and just sharing with people. I wasn't, it wasn't a commercial venture in the beginning, so it was really born out of my own passion. And it's something that I just, you know, I wasn't betting my life on it, but I was just really determined to share with people. and. Um, and it was, you know, it was a successfully po like a positive outcome. I mean, the that uh, phenomenon of like beginning with passion. Mm. I mean, I, I'd say like pretty much all the magazines that I work with mm. start with passion, but then the challenge becomes how do you make this somehow commercial, or, yeah. or if if only commercial enough, so that it's you can commercially viable. go on doing it. So how, how are you getting on with that side of things? So it was, in the beginning obviously it was also getting right down to all the other aspects when it comes to, you know, it's nice to publish a magazine that you love and you just share the stories that's so beautiful and everything, but like I said, how do you keep it continuing and sustainable in a way? Um, so it was about learning all these like marketing tricks and everything from the very start because um, you know, there was like, I don't necessarily like I said, have a background in the print, uh, you know, the, the marketing industry or anything like that that's got to do with more of a professional side from it. But it was just simply just reading a lot and just learning from others and you know listening to other podcasts, literally just other people who've been through this and who did it before. So 
in the something as simple as getting the right type of printer and sourcing that out, um, which is why I had to um, choose the printer outside of the country, outside of England, um, which helped to save a lot of money. And actually, that is the main reason which made which made it help you know to make it sustainable in a way, because then the uh, the cover cost would obviously help out with um, making it continuing. Um, and that, that was literally the main thing, because like I said, it is advertising free. Um, we're working on the more st like a steady financial structure for it for the future volumes, but at the moment it is advertising free, and it's it will mainly just rely on like on the cover cost of it and printing it outside of UK. You you've got those you've got those big empty pages the so the the inside and outside spreads, yeah. which I remember when Serial magazine used to be also completely empty yeah. there, and that for me just always looked like. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's to be filled, yes. Advertising is going to come on these pages. Um, that, that's the sort of thing as well. Like, um, like I said, I understand the industry itself, and I know that you know I'm not. I'm not. Uh, how do you say? Being, I'm. I'm aware of it, and the fact that you do need to offer some sort of like a commercial aspect to it in order to keep it sustainable and keep it lasting. But it does take time if you want to develop something that's not necessarily doesn't necessarily follow this like the, the you know the existing structure of it um that's also the reason behind it of the why maybe why it looks like that and why it has certain features that don't necessarily follow the same you know other magazine um tricks and you mentioned earlier your printer yeah. who it seems has enabled this whole project yeah. in a way because you've got a good deal from them and so they're off in lithuania yes they are and you're from Lithuania, yes, so that must have helped. It definitely did. Um, it was a funny situation because I wasn't in, in the, from the very beginning because because I'm so involved with you know dealing with people here um, when it comes to like packaging or whatnot, literally in London because it's so obviously it's much more convenient and it's it's you know on your doorstep. Um, and I was so involved with it about finding the right type of printer here and just seeing what's going to work up until the very end when um, my partner is actually he printed um, with a company from here and it was really it was I was planning to use the same printer and it was really a successful venture where um, magazines ended up being four minutes late uh, four months late and four months late four months late and it, it actually carried on into a lawsuit um, because it, yeah the company there was just something not right with the company and um, it was a really tricky situation um, where it just ended up being like horrible in the end and which kind of put my project um, the launch of it actually a month further because it was literally about to go into print um, and at the time I had to kind of just drop everything and all that research that you kind of built up for it and you have everything in your hands everything seems planned that's when you had to just rethink everything quickly and actually just simply reach out to all the people back at home um, back in Lithuania although I've been away from there for a while now um, and it was a really, you know, started a really positive and successful conversation from the very beginning, from the get-go. Um, and that just, yeah, I don't, honestly don't know why I didn't think about that earlier. <laughs> like I said, because it seems so kind of convenient when you're here and it seems like that's what you're supposed to do. But then it's about expanding your, like, horizon those words of thinking when it comes to actual production of it um, and just seeing what's out there. And I imagine that for, for your printer back home, this must become a bit of a showcase for them because it's a very beautifully produced magazine and so then they can say well look we're making this beautiful uh, arts influenced magazine from london mm -hmm. so we could do 
other stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I was familiar with the, I wasn't familiar with the prints, but with their production already, because there's a few magazines that they already, you know, they're here. Um, they do print them, so I was aware of the, you know, the quality of the products. So they do take pride in like the independent kind of publishing and books and whether it's books or magazines. Um, so they, they they do like I said they do take pride in it, and it's definitely something for them to kind of actually appreciate producing instead of something like a commercial you know pamphlet. You should name check them. Who who are they? Um, it's Copper. It's Copper Printers. Yeah. Copper Printers, Copper printers. in Lithuania. Yes, K O P A. Okay. And they've got good English speakers who can... Yeah, absolutely. They've really actually, they're, they're wonderful. The way I've been, I mean, I've already put in like a request for, like a, actually, you know, recommended a few of my colleagues and people I know over here to actually kind of start a conversation with them if they were to print it. And my partner, who's uh, printing near journal, um, I actually put him forward for the same thing as well because it's the same situation because he ended up printing it over here. But now, because obviously after seeing two successful volumes of a good quality print, is you know, there's no reason not to get in touch with them because like I said they're, they're wonderful at what they do is your partner Campbell Addy yes correct ah <laughs> you put things together I see yeah okay. that uh, makes more sense for you I guess now <laughs> so you two are kind of like the so you're like sort of a, an independent publishing power couple in a way yeah <laughs> in a way it's, it's completely different obviously it doesn't we don't I wouldn't say we kind of collaborate or nothing like that we do feed off of each other in terms of um, just you know the, having the right mindset when you're always constantly working and it's, it's obviously good to have someone around who's kind of like always involved in the same work in progress and it's yeah it's just it's really it's really great and so to, for I guess anyone listening who doesn't know he makes a magazine called Knee Journal yes. N-I-I Journal yes, which right. is about the like the, the black cultural experience yes yeah, just exploring exploring the issues within race um, and it's like I said it, it's, it's the same thing when it, it's something that can become easily political but explores many, way many more issues and it kind of stays clear of having a really strong point of view and it just simply showcases you know like I said all these beautiful and complex issues that surround um, the race today and did the two of you meet at university or were you? Um, no that was we met quite a while ago so we've been working and um, studying in the same sort of field for a while now um, he's, he's himself he's mainly a photographer um, he's a great photographer and that's that's his forte um, and I'm a in a way, I'm a designer, mainly to do print and digital, so it kind of all works out together. It all um, works out somehow. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, look, thank you very much for coming. It's really thank interesting you, talking to you. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with this. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, that's it for this week. I thought that was a lovely little aside at the end there about uh, his partner being Campbell Addy from Knee Journal. Um, actually, Campbell is going to be contributing to a Valentine's event that we're doing at the Ace Hotel uh, next month. So if you're listening to this before the 13th of February, uh, so it's the night before Valentine's Day, uh, we are bringing together a group of um, magazine makers to give readings on love, but I'll alternative readings on love. Um, I am doing a reading myself. So if you're going to be in London, it's, it's free to attend. Uh, I think you just need to go to the Ace uh, Hotel website and reserve a ticket for yourself there. Um, and it would be lovely to see you down there. I hope you've enjoyed this one. As always, if you 
have enjoyed it, please go and check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Stack Magazines and you should find us. Uh, And give us a follow and we'll make sure that next week's episode is delivered straight to you as soon as it's released. Okay, thanks again for listening and we'll be back with more next week. Thank <laughs> you.